This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Thursday, February 25, 2010. I'm Caleb Brown. The Obama administration recently argued in court that it can track your location using your cell phone all day, every day, and never implicate your Fourth Amendment right against unreasonable searches and seizures. Jim Harper, director of the Cato Institute's Information Policy Studies, says it's a troubling claim based on a poor understanding of privacy and of the Fourth Amendment. The Obama administration argued in federal court, in an appeals court recently, that Americans have no Fourth Amendment interests, no Fourth Amendment rights in data collected through their cell phones, including location data. Not only GPS-enabled phones, but all cell phones have rather sophisticated tracking capability because they obviously have to report to the local cell tower regularly, and cell systems are actually designed to triangulate down to a fairly good level of accuracy on where people are for a a regulatory requirement called E911 so that cell phone callers can get emergency services. The government argues that there's no Fourth Amendment interest on the part of cell phone users in that data about their use of cell phones. And it springs originally from a pair of cases under the Bank Secrecy Act in which the government argued successfully that a requirement that banks collect data about their clients did not implicate Fourth Amendment rights. And then in a subsequent case, uh, the government argued successfully that requiring the banks to turn over that data to the government didn't implicate Fourth Amendment rights because it had already been collected. It had been shared with a third party, and so individuals didn't have uh, Fourth Amendment rights. A fascinating constitutional two-step around around the Fourth Amendment. Within the Fourth Amendment, there is this word effects, uh, which would seem to mean uh, where I am, uh, the impact I have on my environment, those kinds of things. Certainly, persons, houses, papers, and effects meant uh, not just those literal items at the time the Fourth Amendment was written. It intended to protect, in the, in the famous constitutional words, uh, people, not places. When the home was where basically all of your living occurred, the home was the Fourth Amendment-protected place. But we realize with, with new technology, including in the 1967 Katz decision, telephones, that the behavior of the home, talking with other people, had moved into a more remote environment. And the fact that information traveled over wire uh, didn't allow the government access to that information. But following these Bank Secrecy Act cases, in a case called Smith versus Maryland, the court held that phone dialing information, what numbers you call, not the content, that's protected, but what numbers you call, when you call them, et cetera, et cetera, are not Fourth Amendment protected. A very poorly written, poorly uh, uh, decided case, but it does rely on these these uh, Bank Secrecy Act cases to create what's called the third-party doctrine. If you shared information with a third party, you have no Fourth Amendment interest in it. Those cases were wrong, I think, in the in the beginning, but they've grown more wrong over time with our vastly increased use of technology. Almost nothing today, that's, that may be a bit of an exaggeration, but very little of what we do today is not shared with a third party somehow. When we transact online, when we speak with loved ones uh, through chat, through email, whatever it may be, that information is shared with your ISP, shared with email service providers, etc., all third parties that the government could argue 
we've, we have given up our Fourth Amendment rights in that information. Even from just the perspective of how people would feel about having that information, say, go public, um, I guess, is there a difference between having an interest in having privacy and having a privacy interest? Because it's clear people do have an interest in uh, maintaining their privacy when Google Buzz, which was a product that clearly should not have uh, come to market uh, when it did, suddenly Google had released the names of all the people that uh, Gmail users chat with on a regular basis to other Gmail users. Now, clearly, that upset a great many people, and all it is, again, is the the names of people that you communicate with. Yeah, people people do have privacy interests. People do want privacy. It's, uh, some big names uh, over the last decades have famously said that privacy is over. Uh, they're just mistaken. They just don't understand how privacy works or what privacy is. People have, though they want to share information with others, they very much want uh, a lot of information to be kept private. They desire privacy. They want privacy. They seek after privacy. The, the court's formulation, the Supreme Court's formulation about reasonable expectations of privacy, that's the, from the Harlan's, uh, Harlan's concurrence in the Katz decision, that's mistaken law. It's, it mistakes how privacy actually works. Uh, when we put clothes on, we conceal the appearance of our body. We're, we factually have, have created privacy and data, if you will, about how our bodies look. When we go into our homes and shut our doors, uh, we're concealing the conversations that may happen inside what we do inside. We factually have privacy. It's not a question of whether uh, we expect privacy, whether we're reasonable in expecting privacy. Cat's decision, interestingly, I think because it's a lodestar, it's a, it's a guiding light for a lot of people, got privacy wrong because it, it uh, instead of looking at the reasonableness of government intrusion, government efforts to undo privacy, which is what the Fourth Amendment calls for, it asked whether people were reasonable in wanting privacy themselves, and that's got it backwards. But uh, a lot of constitutional confusion in the privacy area allows cases like this where the Obama administration argues that cell phone location data is not protected by the Fourth Amendment. Hundreds of billions of data points are collected annually by mobile phone companies about the locations, the physical locations of their users. It's an incredible amount of information, and the government argues that it can access it all. Jim Harper is Director of Information Policy Studies at the Cato Institute and author of the book Identity Crisis. You can get your copy at Cato.org.